This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora will tell us who the true contenders are after a defining week seven of the NFL season. And that's where we will begin. So many outstanding individual and team performances. The Ravens absolutely demolished the rather formidable Detroit Lions 38 to 6. We had the Patriots upsetting the Bills 29-25. Sunday night football was definitely a coming out party for A.J. Brown and the Philadelphia Eagles, who uh, had a bit of a misstep the week prior. Of all of these great individual and team performances, Joe, which one stood out among the rest? Lion stuff. Oh, it makes me want to vomit. And so did their performance yesterday. (laughs) Wasn't that just a beautiful thing? Wasn't it a beautiful thing? All the signs were there, and there they are for it was over immediately. Public, get the hell out. Most bet team yesterday, Detroit plus three. Most bet money line, Detroit plus 135 at MGM. Uh, second most bet side was Buffalo, dead. Second most bet money line last night, Miami, plus 125, also dead. We've talked about, especially I'd say over the first you know, five weeks where the public was doing very well, we knew that turn was going to come. Well, it happened, right? It happened. The public got smoked out yesterday. I mean, so that's uh, that, that's top of mind for me. I was very intrigued what was going to happen with the game. My concern on the Baltimore side was teams performing outside of Jacksonville. They're, they're the ultimate outlier. How would they perform coming back from the London trip? And we, we have a few examples early this season with some good teams where they did not perform all that well. Well, that was not the case with the Ravens, guys. Over 500 yards of total offense, 12.8 yards per pass, 12.8 yards per pass attempt for Lamar. What a day, almost 400 total yards for him, four touchdowns. You know, you you can look at Detroit side and say, oh, Jameer Gibbs finally showed up. I'm on Ross St. Brown, got hit. It's all garbage time. Okay, fine. For fantasy football, fine. If you want to talk about that, if you bet on the props, cool. But uh, Baltimore dominated every way, five for six in the red zone. That was an issue last week in London. Harbaugh was going conservative, but uh, no conservative style yesterday. They they came out to smash them at home, and they did. Uh, the over still hit just barely, even though Detroit was only able to put up six points. Yeah, the Ravens finally, Todd Munkin and this offense, I think they're in sync now. It's exciting to see. I've been hoping to see this, and I'm glad that we finally got it. 
definitely was, you know, thinking the the Lions would show up a lot more. So I was wrong there. But as someone who lives in the Baltimore area, happy to see this for Lamar and the Ravens. And I think we all were hoping in the offseason when they got Todd Monk in there that we would see a more explosive offense. And here we are just slightly midway before the half of the season. So good on that. My biggest takeaway, guys, the Bills. What is going on? Mm -hmm. Slow starts. Thought this was going to be, gosh, kind of like a bounce-back performance from the offense, and it really wasn't. Very disappointing. And I just looked up, dare I say it, Bills to miss the playoffs. And it's only plus 140, but it's Uh kind of trending in that direction. I've been really disappointed. I keep expecting that I'm going to see more from this Bills team, and I'm not. So my biggest takeaway was I am down on the Bills right now. Call it overreaction Monday, or maybe it's for real, but (laughs) I don't like what I'm seeing from them. That's not an overreaction. This is a few weeks now. Not in the slightest. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Two, two weeks of this, and we already knew that the defensive injuries for the Bills would be piling up, and at some point it would come back to haunt them. But I think it's fair to say that I wasn't expecting this. Against Mac Jones, him, he was able to exploit all of these injuries of all the people. I mean, we've been talking about him losing a starting gig, and now yeah. he's the one who has exposed the Bills. What in the <laughs> world is going on? That, to me, is insane. Like, Mac Jones had a career day against a team that many very smart people picked to get to the Super Bowl. What was it? 10.7% CPOE or fourth best in his entire career? 56.3% success rate? Third best in his entire career? He completed more than 83% of his passes? Third best of his career against the Bills? Are you kidding me? I get that this is a divisional game and you're familiar with everybody, but I mean, at some point, Josh Allen has to know coming in, hey, look, this defense is hurting right now through no fault of their own. I've got to take care of things. I've got to step up and make big plays. And he did okay, but it wasn't enough. It was not spectacular. And I think it's safe to say that we should expect spectacular out of Josh Allen. When we're talking about contenders from pretenders, yeah, the Ravens made a case for themselves and a compelling one. And the Bills, look, maybe it's possible that the AFC East is just not as good as we thought it was. Maybe that division's a little bit weaker than we thought it was. I mean, the Dolphins got smacked in the face by the Eagles. And so that was certainly something we need to talk about at length. But it's also something where this division's very winnable. And the Bills are not making a case for it, Joe. They're one play away from losing three in a row. They're one play away last Sunday night. And you know what? I feel like we're having a repeat of a week ago. And I agree. I've said a lot of the things that you said. We all agree on that. That, okay, we knew this was going to happen soon where all these injuries were mounting. But you know what? The schedule is so soft. It's so soft. It, oh, they got the Giants. How the Giants keep it close? Well, they, again, they almost right. won that game. And then, oh, they got the Patriots. It's the worst offense, maybe the worst quarterback going in the league right now. Yeah, it's going to be bad at some point, but they should be fine. No, they weren't. They weren't. A team that Josh Allen has dominated, outplayed by Mac Jones, outplayed by (laughs) Mac Jones. The last three games in the first three quarters, the Bills are averaging 5.7 points per game. 5.7 5.7 points per game. These are teams that they should be smashing. Mm-hmm. It's, 
we talk about our priors a lot. We're entering week eight. I think it's time to ditch our priors on the Bills. What do you think? I thought they were in yeah. store for a big season. The injuries at every level, like it is, they, they should not have been favored by more than a touchdown yesterday. Should they be favored mm-hmm. by more than a touchdown against anyone right now? No, the inconsistency on offense. And I keep finding ways to make excuses for them. But as you mentioned, like, it's not an overreaction. This ha- keeps happening. So at some point, you do have to ditch your priors. It's a great point. Uh, they, they just are not showing up to be the Bills team I thought they were going to be this season. No, not at all. And and the other problem, too, is whenever uh, Josh Allen needs some time for a play to develop for Stefan Diggs or Gabe Davis or somebody to get open deep down the field, it's just not mm-hmm. happening. You know, part of the reason why this year the Bills are evolving to more, say, 12 personnel with tight ends and, and keeping things shorter is perhaps out of necessity. Maybe this whole time we were thinking, all right, well, maybe they want to be a little bit more conservative to cut back on the turnovers because Josh Allen does have those. Something to be a little bit more conservative, control the ball, control the tempo, and then make sure this defense can step up to where maybe you're winning you know, in a slightly uglier, more physical fashion, but you're still winning big. But you can go deep if you need to. Well, I'm not so sure that's the case anymore. You know, Diggs is still playing well. You know, he's still getting some great numbers. But who else can they rely on with the deep game? You need to have explosive plays to be successful in the NFL. I don't care if you're facing split safety coverages all the time. I don't care about that. There are other great offenses, which I would like to get to in a minute, just because, like, okay, the Bills took a step back. But guess who looked phenomenally dominant? The Chiefs. Yes, Mm -hmm. all reliable Pat Mahomes and company. What a fantastic game that they had against a divisional team that knows him as well as anybody. We're talking about a team that, you know, won the Super Bowl last year. And, you know, yeah, they look bad for the first couple of weeks. But guess what? They've hit a stride now. And the Bills are now being compared with that. Oh, no, 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 no. The Chiefs have made a case. The Ravens have made a case. The, the AFC is is starting to be a little bit more clear cut. The Bills aren't yeah. it. Yep, mm-hmm. that, that's certainly fair. And we'll get to Miami. You mentioned that too. Like, which tier are they falling on? We we are starting to get this divide at the top of the AFC, which I do like. You know, the sample size as as we're wrapping up the first half of the season, we're almost there. But yeah, the Chiefs' offensive performance just as impressive as what we saw out of Baltimore as you mentioned, against mm-hmm. a divisional opponent. People were making the case, and you know, even I was thinking, oh, maybe it's not a Kelsey game, it's more a Rashi Rice game. Both things can be true, because Rice had another big game. He had 60 yards in that one, but Kelsey was just on another level, along with Mahomes. What, what, 321 in the first half? 321? Mm-hmm. That was insane. Second most pass In this economy? In a half, <laughs> it was... Well, I mean, the Chargers... I don't know, man. They're favored by nine over a National Football League team next week. Eckler wasn't even involved in the passing game in any sense. And I know we've got to give the Chiefs some credit for that. But also, you know, let's remember the guy that is most likely to be favored, your favorite for the first coach fired. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's supposed to be Kelsey. What was the game plan against Kelsey? For one, Brandon Staley. You have a good safety. Like I, I, I don't know what was going on there. Um, Herbert does not look right. 
He threw a couple of picks. One of them was fluky where it was bouncing around. But, um, yeah, the Chargers are a complete <laughs> complete mess right now on the other side. I know the Chiefs will make a lot of teams look dumb, but this Charger thing's been happening all season. Well, you just pointed it out. Staley, a defensive-minded coach, he's got to go. You had one job, and that was to prevent Kelsey from going off. He's the one guy. Yep. And how do you let this happen? I don't understand. All that talent wasted on the Chargers. They've got an incredible roster, and they have zero to show for it. Is Staley going to finish the season? Or he will not be the head coach of the Chargers. Certainly uh, next year, I can guarantee that, but I don't know. Will will they let him finish out the season? It's crazy what's going on. It, it, uh, that is a great question. I don't have the answer to it, but I do know that it, just because the Chargers lost Mike Williams, that is a hit. It absolutely is. But mm -hmm. you cannot say that that is the biggest reason why everything is falling apart. Defensively, right. you've got some standouts there. And instead, J.C. Jackson is no longer around. And all these other studs are not playing up to snuff. Meanwhile, the Chiefs in your division, who you get to play twice a year, uh, I mean, what more can you say about them? The defense looks great. Success rate, 61.4% as far as this Chiefs defense is concerned. That's fourth best in football. Pressure rate of just 30%, but a sack rate of greater than 8%. So when they do get close to the quarterback, they are getting home. It is impressive what these young DBs are doing, especially in zone coverage. The fact that zone coverage has been so good to the Chiefs leads me to believe they're really well coached. Top to bottom, this is a sound, sound organization. And then, of course, offensively, what more can you say about Pat Mahomes? Passes beyond 10 air yards, we thought, okay, maybe Travis Kelsey is the only reliable option. No, there are other good options right here, right now. Travis Kelsey beyond 10 air yards, seven receptions, 154 yards. We mentioned Rasheed Rice, two catches, 43 yards and a score. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, three catches, 84 yards and a touchdown. They can move the ball down the field, move the sticks. It's not just Deacon dunk passes because you're afraid the wide receivers are going to drop the passes. No, this is for real now, offensively and defensively. It is impressive to watch. Again, we've got, we've got to wait and see what happens tonight, and I'm sure the market will react. Just looking at it now, I know it's a small difference, but I think it's a joke that the Chiefs are not favored to win the Super Bowl. Why are the Niners ahead mm -hmm. of them? That doesn't make any sense to me, especially the state of that team. Looks like Trent Williams not going to be out there. We don't know about CMC. Debo's going to miss a couple of games. We found that out over the weekend. The Chiefs should mm -hmm. be your, your favorite to win the Super Bowl, and I think there should be a little bit of separation. They are on a tier by themselves right now. I agree. And you talk about what a great organization this is. They have holes. They find ways to fix it. Oh, the offense isn't quite clicking yet. The defense steps up. They sign me Cole Hardman. They're always doing things to make tweaks, to make sure that they have no holes. And we're seeing it all come together right now. Every single NFL team faces some adversity at some point during the season. And I get mm -hmm. sometimes you need a little bit of luck to win a championship. Everybody does. But the fact that the adversity the Chiefs face, that they overcome it just about every single time, goes to show how brilliant the Chiefs are, how brilliant Andy Reid is, and every single layer of the coaching staff, it is impressive. And it's not just about Pat Mahomes, though he's tons of fun to watch. It's not just about Taylor Swift being out there. They were good prior to this for those who are new to football. It is truly impressive what the Chiefs are doing.
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue with the fallout from week seven of the NFL slate. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Returning to the Sunday slate, let's go to Sunday night here. This game was impactful on so many different levels. The Philadelphia Eagles wearing their gorgeous Kelly Greens got a kelly green mm-hmm. tie that i really like by the way but the kelly greens were great and so were the eagles winning 31 to 17 even after spotting the dolphins with a pick six the eagles were still absolutely dominant joe what's the most important takeaway from sunday night didn't you didn't everybody know right away like i had a feeling early on in this game i was like okay i don't i know there was that pick six and you know the score tightened up and all that but I, I thought it was fairly obvious obvious early on. Um, couple things. Hurts better than Tua. Yards per pass, 7.5 to 5.5. And a lot of that was on the Eagles defense. Oh, that Eagles defense looks better when Jalen Carter and Darius Slay are out there, doesn't it? Like a lot of people were overreacting to a week ago. Yeah, like they, had, they were missing two of the best defensive players too. And pretty impactful positions, you know, kind of mm-hmm. guys that make big differences. And they made big differences last night. The best rushing offense in the NFL held the 45 rushing yards by the Dolphins. That that was uh, highlighted for me. Tua, 216 passing yards. I mean, Tyreek's awesome. He's always going to get his. You know, it felt like he was more impactful than 88 yards in that one. Um, but like Hertz is so tough. There are a few times I'm like, is he hurt? He looks injured. He may have gotten injured on that play. Next play, he'll just stand in there, take a hit, and throw a dime to AJ Brown, who had another another big game. And Aaron, you know, look at these losses with Miami. When they face tough teams, I'm sitting there, I'm like, are they bump slayers? Is that what the Miami Dolphins are? When they're facing quarterback that can't keep up. When they're facing a team that's not as tough, they smashed them, but they played Buffalo at the wrong time when they were healthier. And then last night, Philadelphia looked terrific. I- I'm wondering about Miami, a team that has received a lot of love, that that when they face the top, a higher level of opponent, if they're able to stay on that level. I agree. I'm looking at their schedule right now. This is exactly where I was going. Who have they faced? I don't want to say they're frauds, but it's a great point. The Chargers, they won by two points. New England has been terrible. Uh, You mentioned the Broncos. They've smashed them, but who are they? Lost to the Bills, beat the Giants, the Panthers, and now (laughs) this with the Eagles. I mean, they really haven't faced some scary competition, and maybe we need to pump the brakes on all the Dolphins love. On the other side, love the Eagles. I kind of want a Kelly green jacket, the Princess Diana one. I'm all in. I was buying into the hype yesterday. There you go. 
But are we concerned about Jalen Hurts and the turnovers? Will that eventually come to bite him? I think he needs to work on protecting the football a little bit more. I didn't think that, yeah, the turnovers are a concern, but I think offensively they kind of went back to their roots a little bit where, you know, what was it? Like, it's so hard to kind of identify, Mm -hmm. like, why things weren't going so well. Like, yeah, A.J. Brown has been fantastic, and he was certainly great last night, no doubt about that, but it did feel like that they were a little bereft of explosive plays outside of him, and that was one of the reasons why I was originally backing the Dolphins here because I felt like that that offensive flexibility that Tua and company could show us would be a little too much for this defense to handle, and I was mistaken. I was wrong about that. You, you mentioned all the, the great defenders returning, Joe. How about Hassan Reddick for Philadelphia? That was incredible. He was flying everywhere in that game. It was just fantastic. Six defensive pressures, two run stuffs in that contest. He was certainly the MVP as far as I'm concerned of that ball game. And when we're talking about the Dolphins, like, are they frauds? I don't want to go that far because I do think that they will have enough teams they can beat up on, score a bunch of points, and they're just fine. Tyreek Hill still had a fantastic game. That was all right. It felt like the ground game, though, uh, was lacking a little something. Like that little Mm -hmm. spark just wasn't there, especially in those outside runs that maybe we were used to seeing uh, for such a long time. And so I I don't necessarily blame much on Tua here, although there was a debilitating interception like close to the red zone near the goal line. That one play, I think, was a big difference maker. Otherwise, maybe we're talking about the Dolphins very differently. But otherwise, I look at this and go, It was going to be a higher scoring game. The Eagles did their part. The Dolphins didn't do theirs. And I think because they rely so much on that outside zone run scheme, the fact that it just wasn't there and the Eagles were just flying around, pun intended, I think that's the biggest concern that I have going forward. It's not that they're frauds. It's just that one element maybe is a little bit more critical than we originally thought it was going to be. Yeah, and when they get into a playoff situation where they're playing these high-level teams again and again, like, are they good enough to make that sort of a run through the AFC? I I think we're learning that they're not there yet, but that's okay because they can so easily get double-digit wins. You know, with what they're doing offensively, the copycat league is going to keep looking at Miami and trying to figure out how do we do what you guys are doing with so many struggles going on throughout the league. Uh, as long as we're shouting out Eagles defenders, how about Josh Sweat? What a game from him as well. There, there were a yeah. lot of Eagles defenders yeah. that really balled out. He had a couple of sacks in that one. And, uh, you know, I don't hate it when I see Dolphin fan crying on the internet. We did see some of that last night. Oh, <laughs> we had 10 penalties. And seriously, you're going to tell me the Eagles had zero? How about that for disciplined football? Zero penalties in that game. There were a few spots where the gap was like 100 yards in penalty yards versus the opponent so uh yeah we got to give it up to the eagles they were being questioned Uh, they're undefeated but they're not playing well and then the loss we were all expecting came last week and then Mm -hmm. bam they come out it felt like they they were rearing up for this game for a couple of weeks and they did not disappoint last night Agreed. And maybe when I'm looking at Jalen Hurts and the turnovers, I do need to give credit to the Dolphins defense also yesterday because I thought they did a really good job pressuring Jalen Hurts um, 16 times and sacking him three times, forcing two turnovers. So maybe more of the credit needs to go there. Uh, But I think moving forward, it is a concern that I want to keep an eye on is Jalen Hurts and the turnovers.
Has anybody uh, talked about the Titans trade with the Eagles and AJ, you know, the the exchange, (laughs) so to speak, Uh, has that been brought up at all uh, on, on the socials? I'm not exactly sure guys, we might need to have a serious conversation about AJ Brown and his prospects going forward, because he is now leading the NFL in team air yard share greater than Garrett Wilson, greater than Tyreek Hill. It's AJ Brown. And while that may be a concern where you go, okay, well, what about the other guys? Well, you know, Dallas Goddard had a great performance. You know, Devontae Smith had a couple of great – it's something where I I look at this and go, hey, look, if if you've got a strong wide receiver one, who cares how everything else is uh, unfolding? I am super impressed with him. And could he finish as the receiving leader? I think that's a serious possibility. What we've seen out of A.J. Brown is nothing short of spectacular, and he deserves all the credit in the world as far as that, as far as I'm concerned. And then, of course, Next Gen Stats, you know, brought up something really interesting in terms of off coverage. You give him too much space at the time of the snap, he is absolutely going to burn you. And maybe that's something that we can criticize the Dolphins for, is that maybe they didn't make the necessary adjustments on Brown, saying, all right, we're going to let everyone else beat us, not him. Maybe they should have done something closer to that. But ultimately, what A.J. Brown has done, you know, at the first third of the season, so to speak, it, it is spectacular. We need to give him some real credit for that. Could he also finish as the Offensive Player of the Year? Yes. Christian McCaffrey's hurt mm-hmm. right now. Uh, he outplayed Tyreek okay. last night on national TV. You know, the spotlight game that everybody was looking forward to all day it was the game of the day. So, absolutely. And he's a third favorite, and he's around 19-1. to 1. Like, should there be a gap of like two to one, three to one to 19 to one for AJ Brown based on what we've seen? 15 targets last night. He has mm-hmm. 127 plus yards last five games. 127 yards or more Gosh. last five games. So ever since That's ever bad. since he got mad in game two, he's gone off. And you're kind of waiting. I think people are maybe holding off like, well, Devontae game's coming. I I don't know that it is. Because he's no. he's going A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown all day. <laughs> yeah, it kind of goes back to the conversation we were having with the Chiefs. Like, Eagles, great organization to make that trade to get A.J. Brown, and he has been totally worth it. Is it going to be another Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl? I mean, I feel like all the love today it could feels be. like it could be. It's possible. I I mean, as far as, you know, our best performances from week seven, I mean, the Ravens certainly entered the chat. But other than that, yeah, Eagles-Chiefs rematch, that's certainly a possibility. I I wouldn't put it past the league, I guess. Uh, Certainly that that could happen. Though, you know, let's see what happens with the 49ers because they play tonight. So that's certainly also part of it. But I think what that also tells us that, okay, if the league turns out to be top-heavy, which is a possibility, if it is top-heavy, well, then we're going to have some fantastic AFC and NFC championship games as well as an exciting Super Bowl. So that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. It's just that we may have to, you know, slodge through a couple of rounds of clunkers that they call playoff games. That's certainly also a possibility because we haven't seen just a ton of outstanding quarterback and a ton of offensive performances that that we find memorable. So that that may also be something to kind of think about. Uh, Shall we move on and talk about the almighty Miles Garrett? Because somehow in a game, when the Browns starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, goes one of five for five yards and a pick and gets pressured on two of his five dropbacks, and then you have to bring in P.J. Walker 
How in the world did the Browns find a way to win that football game? Well, guess what, Joe? They did, and they did it with Miles Garrett. I mean, Miles Garrett was it, right? He had two sacks, mm-hmm. two forced fumbles, nine tackles, blocked field goal. Uh, he had a million pressures. I mean, it was just insane. <laughs> he literally did everything. But as we give Miles Garrett credit, and I'm sure once we talk about DPOY, uh, that he's going to be your favorite, and he, and he should be. I mean, he's been in the top three all season long for good reason, and he was a game wrecker yesterday. I don't know that Cleveland deserved to win that game. The Colts outgained them by 140 yards. But you know yeah. what? Gardner Minshew's the quarterback. That's why. Gardner Minshew has seven turnovers in the last two games. Seven turnovers. He kept fumbling it again and again. Four turnovers yesterday. So, yes, it's partly because of Miles Garrett. The other part is Gardner Minshew. And we've been talking about how, yes, the Colts did end up covering that point spread. Stefanski is awful as a favorite. Cleveland wins but doesn't cover because that uh, number ballooned out to three and a half. Uh, Cleveland wins again with P.J. Walker. It's amazing. It's not because of P.J. Walker, though. The the no, P.J. Sir. Walker fa- fade is, is coming soon. It's because of Miles Garrett. It's because of Gardner Minshew. Oh, God, was he bad. I kept thinking about our backup quarterback rankings. Like, because we were stinks. against each other in that. But I don't think either of us were probably right. I didn't have Minshew. Tyrod was you great. You guys Tyrod didn't have Walker. Fine. I'm talking about this game. These yeah. two guys. I had no, Walker and yeah. you guys did not. Yeah, no, so no. I don't know. Neither of them looked particularly awesome. But Miles Garrett, I mean, all of his efforts that you mentioned, Joe, led to 17 of the Browns' points. I mean, he was yeah. absolutely doing everything. Yes. Awesome performance. <laughs> it's amazing. D- d- just fantastic by Miles. Yeah, you mentioned P.J. Walker. Like, somehow – Negative 15.7% CPOE, a passer rating of 51.3, sacked twice, pressure on more than 40% of his dropbacks, and they still win the game? He's the backup, has mm-hmm. those putrid stats, and Miles Garrett almost single-handedly wins this game for the Browns? I mean, you're, you're doing something right if that's the case. I mean, we already knew that the Browns had the best defense in football. And then the debate was, okay, how well have they lapped the field as far as that moniker is concerned? Well, yeah, they gave up a bunch of points to the Colts, but Miles Garrett, best player on the best defense, I'm, I was surprised that he wasn't leading the way as far as defensive player of the year odds were concerned. That's, you know, that conversation has changed because of mm-hmm. what he did where the Browns needed every single ounce of that, and they got it. Yes, yeah. And yeah, that'll be a big part of our conversation. Now, Parsons has had his splash game splash spots, too. And, you know, Watt is always in the conversation. He had an interception yesterday. Good game out of him. Um, I got to tell you, with these other games that we have not addressed, like, we can say it. Hoyer sucks. Hoyer is god-awful against a terrible Bears defense. Jordan Love sucks. He was terrible in a spot where he should have dominated against the Broncos defense. And, Bet. you know, it's been, it, it's been cute. It's been cute, but we can say it. Joshua Dobbs sucks, too. <laughs> sure does. Yeah. It was a feel-good story, Maybe. and now I don't feel yeah. good. It might just be that we were also spoiled by so many good quarterbacks for so long, like Tom Mm -hmm. Brady, Mm -hmm. Breeze, 
Peyton all Manning. those guys, Peyton Manning, even Big Ben, and now we don't have those guys yeah. anymore. Well, we still have Pat Mahomes. He, he's still leading the charge. You know, we have that. And that was, you know, I guess my thesis there that the Chiefs are still alive and well. Like, don't worry about them. Uh, and we have the Bajancy. We have that now. <laughs> so that should right. be our confidence going forward. True. Is he in Canton yet? I forget. Someone let me know. Uh, this is Ben yeah. Daily presented by BetMGM. <laughs> Coming up next, BetQL Courts. Got a college coach I'm throwing in the slammer. That's right here on the BetQL Network. Something you want to get off your chest. Sir, you're out of order. Out of order. I show you out of order. BetQL Court is now in session on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. One of these days, I'm going to buy a black robe and like one of those curly white wigs for this segment, uh, which will be fun. Maybe next week for Halloween, we should do that. But in the meantime, Oye, Oye, Beck. Whoa. Oh, wow. You have one. Yes. Oye, Oye, BetQL uh, Court is now in session. <laughs> Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Strowski, and Aaron Hawksworth, the honorables presiding. I didn't know you had a gavel. Uh, yeah, I did uh, this until now. I always forget about it. Uh, yeah, it's sitting in the corner of the room on top of the printer. I used it one day on the show, and, like, it's been collecting dust ever since. So as long as you mentioned that, I was like, oh, yeah, it's right there. Let me grab it. But why do you have one? What's the backstory here? We did it on the show once. I don't remember. Yeah, were you yeah. not here oh, for that? I was hoping, like, someone in your family was a judge and, you know, it's like. My, my bloodline? come from a long line of Ostrowski <laughs> judges. Joe's making phone calls like, hey, I need to borrow your gavel for my show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now there's like, yeah, like one courtroom hasn't had a gavel for years. Like, they've forgotten about it. <laughs> Can I borrow it every Monday? Can we do that just just Mondays? So, you know, <laughs> just kind of knock, drive knock, knock at work. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> Someone can't get a life sentence for uh, you know some really bad crime because the gavel's missing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, court's going on. I should get it back in a half hour. Joe's going to drop yeah, it off. Right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe longer because we're mad at a lot of people. Uh, speaking of Joe, uh, who do you want to take to court? Okay, uh, going into the weekend, my model said there was a 95% chance that BetQL court with me, my portion of it would be about my experience at the Demolition Derby on Saturday night. But something else happened over the weekend, so I, I had to go elsewhere. Um, look, in this medium, in sports broadcasting in general, when bits come up, when there are nicknames given out, it usually happens organically, and that's how it should happen, Okay. So don't try to force things. And I felt 
on both on Saturday and Sunday, I was getting so upset because there were multiple broadcasters trying to make something that isn't a thing a thing so they could have a signature or what whatever the reason is. If it doesn't work, guys, it's time to abort. And we saw a couple of instances of this over the weekend. First, we go to Saturday. Gus Johnson has jumped the shark, guys. I'm here to tell you. Uh-oh. He has jumped the shark. I used to love his broadcasting style. He would be the cool guy with the catchphrases and everything. He knew he had a ton of eyeballs on Saturday with that Ohio State-Penn State game, right? He usually rises to the occasion. We argue about everything on the internet. There was no argument with this. Gus needed to stop with Maserati Marv. He was forcing it. Nobody liked it. Like every excuse he could come up with to use it, it was going again and again and again. Like, look it up. People are, were so mad on Saturday. I'm still annoyed by it. He would not stop with the <laughs> Maserati Marv. Like, please, Gus, never do that again. And Sunday was probably worse because it was pregame. It was during the 10 hours of football. It was Scott Hansen. It was everywhere, everywhere on Sunday. Stop trying to make National Tight Ends Day a thing. So damn annoying. Yes, tight ends do perform every single week, but do we need to mention on every broadcast, all the red zones, all the games, everything, every time a tight end makes a catch, every time. Oh, Kelsey on National Tight Ends Day. Yeah, that's the reason. That's the reason. Oh, Mark Andrews scores two touchdowns National Tight Ends Day. Yeah, that's the reason. Please. Both of these things were idiotic, and I was getting so annoyed on Saturday with Maserati Marv and Sunday with National Tight Ends Day. Somebody make it all stop. I hate in it. In general, like, like the whole thing, like like the, Maserati Marv needs to things? needs to be retired. That nobody liked that. That was terrible. I liked it. You liked Maserati Marv. <laughs> I liked it. Okay. You yeah, seriously it liked good. it. Oh, I, I thought it was catchy enough. It was, it was catchy He said enough. it like 80 times. Okay, that, okay, overusing a nickname, yes, that stinks. I'm with you there. But if it were only said a few times, like after the most, you know, phenomenal fine. catches, and fine. Harrison certainly did, that would have been fine. Like, leave the audience wanting more, for sure. Yes. But yes. the name itself inherently, it was all right. He made me hate it. He made me hate it. Gus, come on now. You're better than this. The National Tight Ends Day, like, I mean, Scott Hansen forcing it all day. Like, just please, Scott. It's like, he's killing me. I've always thought that the (laughs) National Tight Ends Day was very awkward, especially (laughs) just as a female broadcaster. Like, this is not. I I remember doing, like, sports casts and local news, and the female anchors would be chuckling, like, in the break before. Like, you really have to say that? It's just kind of stupid. But, yeah, I'm with you. The other thing I'm sick of is the Taylor Swift comments and nicknames and graphics and Swifty. let's just stop with all that i'm with you joe it's annoying look at kelsey's (laughs) numbers when she's at games versus yes that graphic okay now that's the thing yep that's the worst on-off split in the history of anything uh my, my wife and daughter went again to go see the eras tour yesterday during the game i'm like i think i i saw just as much taylor swift as you did during the game as they as they did, Probably. it's three and, and hours. Paper ticket. 
That thing is three hours. Thank goodness my daughter's <laughs> going to miss this. I would be. How do you go to the bathroom during that? <laughs> like, in all seriousness, like, I actually think The Economist brought this up or something, but like, blockbuster movies are getting longer and longer. Where are you supposed to go to the bathroom? Like, there are no intermissions or breaks anymore. Yeah, they are, like, movies Flower are getting Moon? longer and longer now. Yeah, I oh, saw Flower Moon on Friday. Okay. Yeah, I went to go see the Flower Moon. It's three hours. I didn't realize till I sat down. Three hours and twenty minutes. No chance. I'm an old man now. I got yep. up an hour and a half in. I just went. I went and came back. Like I'm not mm. three hours and twenty minutes. I had a I had a popcorn and a soda. Dude, I wasn't making it. They the need whole an movie. intermission so you can take a break, have a couple drinks, go back. Right. Like, that's right. Also, that way too the long. last, the last hour of the movie, so long, like so unnecessarily long. Like no, when I good movie, yeah. like but best picture probably not. That when I hear, mm. that's the first thing somebody mentions about a movie. I'm like, okay, it probably can't be that great, and I don't want to commit that much to it. That's why I've never seen Titanic. First thing everyone said, oh, it's so long. It's a good movie, but it's so long. Like, nah, I'm not gonna. I'm good. I'll pass. <laughs> Love okay. it. <laughs> Aaron, who do you yeah. want to take to court? All right. Let's go to the home team here. Sam oh, Howell, should we go for a hundred sacks this season? Because you are on pace <laughs> for it, my man. Yeah, it you is. are gonna shatter the NFL record. The guy has been bad. sacked. 40 times through seven games. Can we get odds on Sam Howell to be sacked 100 times this season? I mean, this is crazy. He's on pace to be sacked 97 times. It's so stupid. Another six times yesterday. I'm just, this commander. Oh, speaking of which, I wanted to bring this up. One of my good friends worked with him as a photographer in local news. He also freelanced for like ESPN. So now he's working at channel four, the NBC affiliate in DC. He's like, yeah, you know, they're pumping so many resources now into the commander since the sale. I said, why they suck. Nobody's talking about them nationally. Like what? Like, are we pretending like they're actually any good? Like go ahead and pump some resources into this team. I don't know why anyone won't care except maybe that get, ron fired and rebuild again i mean it's ridiculous like which team would you invest in if you had to <laughs> locally the nationals oh gosh the, it's bad the wizards the, the right? nationals have yeah. to be mad at themselves seeing like bryce harper trey turner max scherzer all in the postseason half their team that's how, that's how <laughs> cubs fans feel too schwarber yeah. castellanos golly no kidding this is a capital's town, baby. Come on. Yes. Let's run there it back go. from a few years it, ago. It actually really is a caps town, but that's for Mystics. obvious reasons. All the other teams stink. Right. And now we know. And that's fine. <laughs> I, I like the caps. They're fun. Like, it, that, that was a fun run they had to the cup. Like, that was cool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's cool to see the fan base uh, excited for such things. Still hockey. I was reminded. Yeah, I was reminded that. Uh, nationals astros that world series was what four years ago where the road team won every single game and that mm. could happen again in this alcs where the road team wins every single game mm. just funny how these things kind of you know have this circle of Repeat life so to themselves. speak and 
Yeah. Yeah. Just four years ago that happened. Um, I also have a home team I would like to throw under the bus with a head coach. I would like to throw in the slammer for a very, very long time because I was told <laughs> the moment that he stepped foot on campus at the University of Oklahoma, that Lincoln Riley was the next big Ooh. thing. He was going to be oh. the guy to revolutionize offensive football Ooh. and all these Heismans to quarterbacks and all these points that his teams were scoring, et cetera, et cetera. Like, he was going to be the golden child, and he was going to be the next big thing. Well, now they have two straight losses, the most recent of which was to Utah, 34-32, to a team that USC just can't seem to beat, no matter who's playing at quarterback, or what the defense looks like, still, Utah has USC's number for whatever reason. Okay, fine. Well, after the game, Lincoln Riley did not allow any of his players to speak to the media. It was Riley and nobody else. That is insane to me. Also insane, the good folks at the LA Times have kept receipts of just how hypocritical Lincoln Riley has been in his short time in Los Angeles. In the post-game comments, he said, Lincoln Riley said, USC doesn't come in every week talking about winning a national championship. I don't know where that narrative starts. Well, the LA Times beat writer pointed out that back in July of 2022, Bill Plaschke asked Lincoln Riley about expectations, and Riley said, it's to win a championship. He made the own expectations, and now he's saying, oh, I don't know why that, that happened. I don't know where that's coming from. You don't let your players talk when you need to teach them about accountability and you're lying about what the expectations are at a hallowed program like USC. Give me a break. Just give me a break. You, you stink, Lincoln Riley. You're going to the slammer. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Jason Lockenfora, Odyssey NFL Insider, joins us. That's right here on the BetQL Network.